Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the American Israelite Newspaper Podcast, the Let There Be Light Podcast. I um, am one of your co-hosts, Netanel Ted Deutsch, and today is Thursday, July 21, 2022, Tammuz, 5782, and I'm here with my other co-host. Hello, this is Stephanie Deutsch, and I am very excited to be here, but I have to say. Who are you, anyway? uh, I'm, I'm... I'm your wife. Oh, okay. You're my wife. Okay. I'm, so we have a special guest in studio today, Stephanie, the lovely and delightful and talented wife. I am all those things and so much more. <laughs> yeah. I have to tell you, I'm a little disappointed. Uh-huh. I was looking forward to being able to meet some of these raccoons that you have been talking about in the office, and there are no raccoons here. Well, where do you, where do you, well, when the critter getter people come to get the raccoon they don't like stuff them and like put them in the corner they take them back to the place and they relocate them i thought this would be like a a petting zoo experience or something no you're wild raccoons are not anything you want to like have a petting zoo with okay (laughs) seriously what are you thinking here Okay, so today is, uh, this is the, uh, the volume, volume number 169. This is number two. Last week was number one. We begin a new year last week, um, and this is the second issue of the year. And so we want to start with the news. Are you ready to go? Let's go. Okay, well, th- why don't you give us a little background of where you grew up, who you are, all that, you know, just tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, well, uh, so I am from Dayton, Ohio, originally. Uh-huh. Uh, and I moved here to Cincinnati when I was about 20 for school, mm-hmm. and I just never left. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I actually, my history with the American Israelite goes goes back a little <laughs> oh, it, further. Oh, it does. That, Why don't you tell us all about that? <laughs> that is how you, Ted and I met. Oh, uh, he, well, the 20-minute story or the two-hour story? I, I think we can maybe even put it maybe to a 30-second story. Oh, okay. So the American Israelite was uh, was hiring, as uh-huh. they, they typically are. Uh-huh. Uh, they're looking for a columnist. So I came in to what pitch. What kind of columnist? I came in to pitch the idea of a fashion column. Uh-huh. And you said, sure, why not? Uh-huh. And so that's, I became the, the fashion columnist for about a year. And that is how you and I met. Oh, isn't that nice? And the rest is history. Oh, here, you ready? <laughs> People are clapping out there in the audience. Okay. Anything else you want to, do you want to talk about our marriage and, and how we got married and when we got married? Do you want to talk about that too? And no, I think we our want. dogs and pets and. I think we yeah. want people to listen to the podcast. So <laughs> I think we can hang up. I think we can just go right into the news if you want. Okay. Well, the top story this week is Jewish Home of Cincinnati and Cedar Village Foundation hold their annual meeting. And uh, so they met on May 26th. This is a front page story about that meeting. And then also um, through the process of having their meeting, they also talked about who is, they have. Um, uh, this is. The money that came out of sell, the sale of Cedar Village um, when it got sold several years ago, there was money that was put aside back into the Jewish Home of Cincinnati, which is the original organization that owned them and then created Cedar Village. So there was money that went back in there, and now they are um, they have a, a grant. You write a grant for them, and then they are now. Uh, having grant, people that are grantees 
and they're doing different things in the community with that money. Yeah, I saw that one of the the winning grantees were the the Mayerson JCC, and they've got a lot of great programming for seniors. Uh, I was browsing through the catalog the last time it came, and uh, looking forward to being able to do some of those activities when when I get there. So okay. All right, so moving right along, next week actually is the Senior Life Mature Living issue. And if you have not gotten your ad in, now is the time to call the office and get your ad together. Um, It's always a very popular issue. So that comes out on Thursday, July 28th. The deadline is this Friday, the 22nd. Great. Moving to the local news on page three, uh, we've got an article talking about Sally Corkin, uh, who was just elected. It's not an article talking, it's an article about her. An article about Sally Corkin being elected to president of Rockdale Temple. Uh Uh, Sally is a lifelong Cincinnatian, lifelong member of uh, Rockdale, and I believe that her husband, Jerry, was also the president of Rockdale Temple some years back. Okay, so this was at the 198th annual meeting on June 11, 2022, when she was elected president um, of the historic congregation. And um, so they have a number of things that are going to be happening this year, which we're going to talk about over the next uh, several months, about what's happening at Rockdale Temple. And uh, they're, they're, this is, I'm not going to spring this on anybody now, but they're coming up on a a major milestone in the history of Rockdale Temple. All right. um, In addition, we are hiring, uh, the American Israelite is now hiring an assistant editor. If anybody knows anybody that's graduated from college or is looking for a part-time job, Brian, who is a doctorate, has is Dr. Brian, um, as a PhD in art, and he is going to be um, going back to uh, teach at college coming up in August. And um, so he's leaving, and so we are seeking if someone to take uh, his position. So that's so anybody that's looking for a job as an assistant editor, please contact us and uh, at publisher at AmericanIsraelite.com because he's leaving in a few weeks. Yeah. And also in local news, uh, there we have five Cincinnatian uh, teenagers who are participating in the Maccabia Games, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. So we have uh, Yuval Jacobson, mm-hmm. uh, Nora Brandt, Jonathan Levy, mm-hmm. L. Fisher, and Ronan Isakov. So you know Ronan Isakov. Ronan mm-hmm. Isakov is the president of the JCC currently, and he's—I didn't know that he was a, a big tennis player. Um, So he is in Israel right now uh, competing for in the tennis uh, part of it. Um, And the uh, Maccabi game, this is, I believe, the 21st Maccabi games. And it's from the 12th to the 26th. And so that ends, I guess, in five days. Would that be Saturday or Sunday or Monday? Something like that. So so they're taking place in Jerusalem, Haifa, and Netanya. All over the place. Yeah, so we we definitely wish them all well. Well, hopefully they'll win Mm -hmm. some medals. Yeah. All right. And then our Yiddish columnist, Dr. Jordan Finken, uh, his article this month is about Yiddish poet Leib Nidus. And so he uh, gives one of his famous poems and talks a little bit about the poem and also the poet. And what the poem means, too. I would hope. All right. All 
right. So moving on to regional politics. Yes. On page six, um, we have an article about Ohio House Bill 327. And our readers may have already heard a little bit about this bill because it is somewhat controversial. So the purpose of the bill is to prohibit teaching quote-unquote, divisive concepts. And, of course, you know, one of the the controversial aspects of that is, well, who defines divisive? Uh, And under the language of the bill, it talks about, um, you know, it would prohibit any any teaching, any ideas uh, that promote the idea that the U.S. is fundamentally racist, sexist, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But one of the, the... areas of controversy that people have cited is that there is a concern that this bill could be used to require teaching, quote unquote, both sides of the Holocaust. Uh, And the reason why is because one of the co-sponsors of the bill, uh, when she had been talking about this bill, um, she had brought up the Holocaust stating, you know, you should talk about these atrocities that have happened in history but you also have an obligation to point out the value that each individual brings to the table. So that was uh, kind of a, a strange thing to say. Um, so definitely, you know, make sure that you go online, read the bill, and, um, you know, reach out to your representatives when you have a chance to, you know, research the bill. And always remember that, you know, they're in office to represent you and your, vo- your voice. Oh, I didn't know that. Good reminder, Ted. Good uh, reminder. Okay, thanks, dear. Um, so what is critical race theory? So critical race theory, it's it's one of those kind of vague terms that mean different things to different people. Uh-huh. But uh, in the article, um, you know, it says critical race theory is an academic term for the critical theories that, that promotes the idea that um, racism is a product uh, not of individual bias, but it's it's just everywhere within the system. It's embedded within our systems. Okay. So, in other words, racism is is inherent uh, in the U.S. But again, it's it's become kind of a, a vague term that just means different things to different people. Okay. So, should I point out that you're wearing your uh, your lemon dress today, and you look really you know good in it? Should I point that out to people, too? If, if you want to. Oh, If you feel thanks. the need. You look fine. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right. So, and also, you just came from work, and now you have to go back to work after doing the podcast. I do. I do. So, I'm, I'm doing my best to look professional. Yes, that's good. All right. So, uh, in national news, um, that's on page seven. Check that out. California State University Fresno removes name of Nazi sympathizer from the library. A Chicago area man charged with hate crime for painting swastikas on private property and hate crime charges filed for distribution of racist flyers in upstate New York. So anti-Semitic acts are continuing right now, and some of them might be, you might consider them minor acts, but they're all acts of anti-Semitism. And we need to confront it, and we also need to say it's wrong, right? All right, so on page eight, uh, we move on to international news, and Saudi Arabia is opening its airspace to Israeli commercial planes and all carriers. So um, this was this has actually come out of, I, I believe, the uh, the Abraham Accords from several years ago, 
and they're now building on that business relationship where Saudi Arabian carriers, I think, went flew back and forth to Israel, and now Israeli carriers are now going back and forth to Saudi Arabia. So business ties will continue to increase. The people ties will continue to increase, and the cultural ties will continue to increase, which is good for everybody. Yeah, this is a very exciting development. And and like you said, Ted, this is really going to uh, help increase the stability mm-hmm. and um, really financial prosperity for Saudi Arabia, for, Israel, yeah. for, for the whole area. Definitely okay. a good thing. So uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, was in Israel this last week. Um, I think it's probably been covered in the national news indefinitely, you know, incessantly. So I'm not going to cover that this week. But um, we're going to move on to um, one thing that did happen when uh, the president was in Israel was that the Palestinian Authority uh, let us all be known that you must leave because you have no history in Jerusalem. Right. And if you read the Torah, um, obviously they don't believe that there's any words in the Torah that are correct um, or that uh, through any of their religious religious beliefs that um, the Jews were, you know, grew up and lived in Israel um, for centuries and centuries. Well, I thought it was interesting that, you know, on one hand, you know, you were just talking about Biden, uh, you know, visiting and, you know, he affirmed his support of a two-state solution, right, right, uh, and encouraging, you know, peaceful dialogue. But then on the other hand, you know, you have the, you have... um, Abbas, yeah, right. talking about, you know, Israelis have, have no link to the land. And, and if you look at the article, it even quotes, Oh, coward, you must leave because you have no history in our Jerusalem and it is not your homeland. So it's, it's really hard to, you know, have peaceful and productive dialogue with people who think that you don't belong there at all. Um, so. so that's really, how are you going to have peace in the Middle East when you have one side that doesn't want to have peace. They do really have no desire to have peace there. Um, No matter how many meetings you have with them, they still have the same attitude, and that's we're going to fight and fight and fight, and that's it's it's never going to change. That's very unfortunate, very unfortunate. So um, along those same lines, in Israel, the IDF now appoints their first female battalion commanders uh, in terms of border protection corps, Um, and that's... Good because you know it's equal opportunity for all for men and women in the IDF, um, just as it is in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also, Birthright Israel celebrates its eight hundred thousand wow. participants. That's exciting. That's great. I think uh, Eli went on that um, the Birthright trip, and this I think Birthright is open to I think eighteen to twenty six something like that for all, and you can just go and. Uh, experience Israel um, on your own. Yeah, definitely uh, a, a wonderful program to check out if you have if, if you're in that age group or have children in that age group. Mm-hmm. And it says that they expect to have their one millionth participant within the next few years. Okay, so definitely, definitely a good development. All right, mothers of IDF lone soldiers reunite with sons, daughters in Jerusalem. So, um, I guess people are coming back from vacation and also coming. And uh, coming back from their serving and taking and seeing their family, which is that's that's important and that's also good. It's always good to to be able to go back, visit home, visit family. 
All right, so in more Israel news on page 13, um, half of his Jerusalem Arabs prefer Israeli to Palestinian citizenship. So most of the Israeli Arabs that live in Israel, uh, I think when you go there, you'll see that there's, there's definitely different villages that are around when you're driving around Israel. You'll say, well, that, that's an, a Jewish village, and that's an Israel, uh, Arab village, that's a sectarian village. But most of the, is, the Arabs are much happier under uh, Israeli rule than they are under Palestinian rule because I, when I was there, um, Israel is like a modern country. Um, it's just like America. You drive down the street, you're on asphalt, you know, you have buildings, it's all been developed. And that's through uh, Israel bonds and through JNF and also through all the money we've sent there for, you know, for years and years and years. It's all been built up. It's, it's like a modern country. And you go to the Palestinian side, and I was in uh, Bethlehem, um, and it's just dirt. There's, uh, everywhere you go, it's all dirt roads. There's just dirt, and there's buildings, but there's just dirt everywhere. There's not any kind of modern state um, which is surprising because they've gotten just as much money as Israel has throughout the years, and they've spent it all in other ways. They have not spent it on building up the state or the or the um, the infrastructure. Um, Israel has spent a lot of their money on infrastructure, but the Palestinians have not spent money on infrastructure. To, yeah, they choose to funnel that money to. Well, I, we don't want to say that it's going to that, which, but. Um, some of it is, some of it isn't, but um, that's why the Arabs that live in Israel would rather live in a modern state and have modern government and modern, you know, technology. Well, they have more rights. They have more rights under yes. you know, Israeli rule as well. So I think that's a, bit, a big factor in that equation. All right. Close to home, locally, uh, around the community, hundreds of Cincinnati philanthropists uh, celebrate Israel at the JNF breakfast. This is... From Wednesday, May 18th, it's now a couple months ago. Um, and uh, so these are the photos that I took. Last week we had, actually two weeks ago, we had photos from that were sent in through JNF uh, that they had a professional photographer. And then these are the ones I took of walking around the event in the morning and just taking photos of uh, all the different tables. I can barely tell the difference between the professional oh. photos and these. The, the quality really just really stands out. Okay, Folks, you, know, you have just, to check this really, out in uh, the paper this week. You really uh, It's not to be missed. I think <laughs> I think that's kind of being a little sarcastic, isn't it? No. Oh, no, you're not. No, oh, okay. Not at all. The the beauty and and uh just the professional professionalism of these photos just really hits home. Okay, so you'll probably see most of the people you know here. Yeah, there's a lot of familiar faces. I know you you found a few, a few friends. Yes, all my buddies are in here. All my buddies and all my pals. All right, so on opinion page, we have, uh, you want to talk about this, Jewish institutions must not give up their Jewish names. Yeah, yeah. So in the article, um, they were using uh, an example of the Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Jewish home, which has recently changed its name and, and dropped Jewish from, from the name. Uh, so now they're LAJ Health. And, and so the article um, goes on to, to remind us that, yes, we want our, our organizations, our foundations to 
to promote well-being and, and the welfare of, of everyone. But we need to remember that we need to to preserve the Jewish character of these organizations and um, and not to forget that, you know, we, we want to promote our own community and to serve our own communities as well. And, that, and that's an important part of, of our organizations. Okay. Thank you for that. All right. Uh, the Parsha of the week to this week is Pincus. Uh, numbers 2510 to-30.1. And uh, so when you we were at last week's uh, Shukas, I think that's I'm pronouncing it right. Shukas, Shukas, um, they were being the, the Israeli Israeli people were um, or the Israelites were being. Um, let's put this. I have to say this in a kind of a diplomatic way. They were being um, asked by the Moabite women to. Um, you know, uh, they were being enticed by the Moabite <laughs> women, and they were like saying the, the the Moabite women were saying, you know, we want you to bow down to Baal and these different idols, and if you do, then you can like you know uh, have relations with us, okay? And so some of the Israelite men were doing that. And at the end of the last Parsha, you have Pincus taking this spear. He watched this Israelite man and this Moabite woman go into this one tent, right? And we, we kind of know what's going on in there, right? And so he takes this spear and he pierces both of them. Okay, so you can understand what the positions were and all that kind this of stuff. This is a family program, so yes, we're, we're family, summarizing. Yes, right. And um, so God, so, and then... You know, people are like, "Why did you?" Do, you know, and he's trying to explain himself that you know this is this is a, a pox upon all of us and all this kind of stuff. What they're doing, and um, so uh, Hashem sends this plague. All those that were participating in this crossing the line over and you know being with these Moabite women, they all got sick, and a lot of them died. And I think there was like 24,000 people that died because of that. And there's like, you have to remember like 600,000, you know, people and 24,000 died that had been doing something they shouldn't have been doing. Right. So the message really, I think that we can, we can take away even today is just, you know, it's a a warning against you going astray and and following, uh, you know, idols. Well, it's also sexual immorality. Well, and they're linked, right? I mean, yes. because the those the Moabite women were were honey traps, basically. That's how they lured them over. But right. really, we all just need to remember: be careful about the company we keep. Okay. I don't know if your parents ever told you that when you were growing up. You know, be careful about the friends you make, and okay. make sure that that they're going to lift you up and help you make good choices. All right. So, you know, if you are reading the Torah this week, uh, check it out. Um, Rabbi Shlomo Rishkin always has an interesting take on most of the things that he writes about, um, and um, he's he's always very interesting, very good. All right, so we move on to the Jewish Bicentennial page and the From the Pages page. All right, so each week, the Jewish Bicentennial snippet, 
Uh, each week, the American Israelite will print one milestone related to history of the Cincinnati Jewish community over the last 200 years, provided by the Jewish Cincinnati Bicentennial Committee. Each milestone weaves Jewish history within the greater context of our community's development and our country at large. 1943, Rabbi Eliezer Silver organizes, there's a mistake there, uh, it should be Rabbi Eliezer Silver, not just Eliezer Silver, organized a mass protest of more than 400 Orthodox rabbis in Washington, D.C. to urge the United States government to do more to save European Jews from the Nazi inferno. You know, Rabbi Silver was, um, he was a really interesting, you know, local rabbi, obviously, but he did a lot for the Jews mm-hmm. in World War II. Yeah. He, he organized, um, you know, people to go over to Europe, you know, to try to save mm-hmm. as many people as possible and, and you know, bring people over, um, you know, uh, to, to rescue them basically from the clutches of the Nazis. So right. he, he really worked tirelessly. All right. Well, so on the backstory, so to so to learn even more about the history of uh, Jewish Cincinnati at uh, uh, JewishCincy200.org. Um, so Barry Silver, who we all know, Barry Silver is the grandson of Rabbi Silver, and his son and his daughter live in Cincinnati, um, and they're current residents. Um, so that's kind of like the, to bring it full circle. There are still Silvers living in Cincinnati, Ohio. All right, so uh, 125 years ago. Yeah, it was a a very interesting case 125 years ago. A Seventh-day Adventist farmer had been arrested for— Well, just why don't you just read it? Oh, okay. Well, in the case of a Seventh-day Adventist who has been arrested, tried, and convicted in a lower tribunal for plowing corn on Sunday— but who carried his case further up the Illinois Court of Appeals has decided that the statute under which the Saturday-keeping farmer was arrested does not prohibit work or amusement on Sunday, but prohibits only such conduct as disturbs the peace and good order of society. So the the farmer had been arrested under these the so-called the Sunday laws. Right. All right, and so the court this court found him. Um, found him not guilty basically uh, because those Sunday laws don't prevent you from, you know, working your own land. Um, Shabbos. Yeah, exactly. So Shabbos is on Friday night to uh, Saturday night. This, uh, in the non-Jewish community, Sabbath is Saturday night to Sunday night. And so they're making a point that he was doing it on Sunday versus Saturday. But Sunday, he doesn't believe in anything that... um, the, you know, the, the people that follow Christ are, are agreeing to. Right? right. So, yes, exactly. So um, so that really was obviously very beneficial for Jews since mm-hmm. we obviously uh, keep Shabbos as well. Yes. All right. So uh, 125 years ago, Jottings, uh, the publishers, the American Israelite, desire to engage a traveling subscription solicitor. The engagement to get, begin about August 23rd. They solicit correspondence from interested parties. Uh, the call for a Congress of the Zionists by Dr. Herz to convene in Munich in August next is revoked, and it will not meet in Munich for any, or anywhere else. The entire movement is as dead as a doornail. I don't know where that came from. Um, that's just 
And we're jottings. Obviously not how history panned out, thankfully. Okay, so 100 years ago, jottings, excavations conducted for the purpose of extending a railroad in Cologne have resulted in the unearthing of a Jewish cemetery dating back to the 12th century. Many famous Jews are buried in the century. Cemetery, sorry. Buried in the cemetery. So then the, on the next jotting, the Fascisti, the Italian Black Hundred that has attained fame by its pogroms on Italian socialists and communists, has issued an official declaration of its opposition to England's getting the Palestine mandate and the consequent establishment of a national Jewish homeland there. Uh, and so you've added a, a, an editor's note that the Fascisti was an Italian political organization which was founded by Mussolini. Yeah, and then uh, on the next item, the, a group of Jewish doctors well. left New York for Palestine to make preparations for the opening of the first faculty of the Jewish University. The delegation hopes to meet Dr. Weitzman, Chaim Weitzman, in Palestine, and the American Jewish University Committee has promised $276,000 for the university. It was a lot of money back then. Yes. 100 years ago. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything in 75 years ago that you liked? Well, I saw that there was announcement about the engagement of Mr. and Mrs. Oscar M. Oshawitz's uh, daughter, Betty Jane, to Mr. Irwin Harvey Bloom, son of Mrs. Rose Bloom of Los Angeles, California. Uh Yeah, how about 50 years ago? Anything that stood out to you there? I see we have a a bar mitzvah announcement. I don't know who this guy is, but I'll read it. Um, I don't know who he is. our son, Joseph Michael, will be called to the Torah to participate in service the occasion of his bar mitzvah on July 29 at 9 a.m. at Adith Israel. We would be honored to have our friends and relatives worship with us on this joyous occasion and join us for... Your favorite part. Kiddush following services. Joseph is the grandson of Dr. and Mrs. Reuben Bard of Chicago and Mrs. Katie Feldman and the late Dr. Jacob Mr. Jacob Feldman. This is from Joan Feldman and Albert Feldman. So this is uh, from Joseph Michael Feldman. So this is the occasion of his birthday and his bar mitzvah. So I wish him a mazel tov on his 50-year anniversary of his bar mitzvah. This fall, our community will have an opportunity to experience the 2,000-year-old Dead Sea Scrolls in many different ways, including a spectacular five-month exhibit at the Cincinnati Museum Center, for which the Jewish Foundation of Cincinnati will be the presenting sponsor. The Dead Sea Scrolls, Life and Faith in Ancient Times, will open on November 16th and last through mid-April at the Museum Center. In addition, HUCJR Cincinnati campus, campus, which has a unique historical connection to the Dead Sea Scrolls, um, and uh, the Federation, UCJXA, and many other institutes will organize complimentary exhibits, scholarly lectures, and other programming related to the Dead Sea Scrolls. So um, I should probably keep going because there's a connection between all this. Cincinnati has a very special, unique part in the story of the Dead Sea Scrolls, which will be highlighted in the exhibit. Hebrew Union College and former president from 1947 to Dr. Nelson Glick played an important role in the events surrounding the scrolls from the time they were discovered. He led the charge in recovering scrolls from antiquities dealers and authenticating them. In 1969, he raised $10,000 to produce a photographic security copy 
of the scrolls, which was stored on the Cincinnati campus in, in case anything ever happened to the originals. Um, editors note, the scrolls were originally recovered in 1947 by a local resident near the Dead Sea, which was in Qumran. HUC became the first of four institutions of the world to have security copies of the documents. One of the terms of the agreement with the Israeli government printed HUC faculty six months advance access to the scrolls once they were to be made publicly available. So the main thing that I point out is that they were studying the scrolls, okay? There's all this stuff that came out of the scrolls, and um, so we're now benefiting now from all the history and all the um, scholarship that went into that back then. And we, you can actually get copies of um, the Dead Sea Scrolls currently. Great. So now on page 21, we have Jews in the News. And Nate Bloom um, writes about uh, the, the Funny Girl production on Broadway, which is starring Beanie Feldstein. And then he goes on to write about uh, Barbara Streisand, who starred in the 1964 version. So be sure to, to check out that article this week. So looking at the Today in Israeli History, we have uh, a number of uh, significant historical events so on July 22, 1946, the King David Hotel is bombed uh, by the militant Jewish organization, the Irgun. Um, and, of course, the King David Hotel was serving as the British administrative headquarters in Palestine, you know, the pre-state Israel, mm -hmm. as part of a violent campaign to drive the British out of the land of Israel. And actually, uh, the King David Hotel bombing was in response to what was called Black Saturday, where the British troops had raided the Jewish agency's headquarters and taken a lot of their, um, their, their intelligence. And they stored it at the King David Hotel, which is why the Irgun had singled out the King David Hotel to bomb. It's a little bit of backstory there. Mm -hmm. uh, what else jumped out at you? I see the... The July 27, 1955, the LL flight was shot down. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. LL flight is shot down by a Bulgarian fighter jets. Shoot down the LL flight 402 en route from London's Heathrow Airport to Israel. The weekly flights was once a week, include stops in Vienna, Austria, and Istanbul, Turkey. And the Lockheed Constellation veers off course between those cities into Bulgarian airspace, two MiG 155s, i sorry, MiG-15s, trail flight 402 for almost 120 miles, then shoot it down just before it reaches the Greek border. All 51 passengers and seven crew members are killed. Mm. That's terrible. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll save that page. That is page where my bad joke of the week is, so I want to save that page for later. Oh, definitely. That is not to be missed. We <laughs> definitely want to okay, come back smarty, to that. Smarty pants. All right. Well, on page 22, we have Bob Wilhelmy's dining out column. Uh, where uh, This month, he's gone to the Brown Dog Cafe in Blue Ash. And, this week. Or this week, sorry. Uh, the Brown Dog Cafe, and he tried out the, the Wagyu steak. Okay. All right. Um... So this week, uh, Iris uh, Pastor has her normal uh, column this week, and probably everyone should read it. She's always interesting, and it's always um, it's always kind of heartwarming and touching. Yeah, she has a 
a lot of thoughts on history, freedom, and issues that we're, we're still grappling with as a country. And it was sparked by the, the July 4th shooting, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, the, uh, also on the auto page, the uh, Range Rover Sport is going electric. So that's big news. Hmm. All right. Um, we get to death notices. So, um, Boris Pikovsky. I'll, I'll spell that out. P-I-K-O-V-S-K-Y, Boris Pikovsky, um, age 74, July 10, 2022, 11 Tammuz, 5782. Cantor James, age 83. James Cantor. Uh, age 83, July 14, 2022, 15 Tammuz, 5782. All right, um, we needed to add one here. I don't have the exact information because I told them to put it in, but it didn't get in. But Irv Zamas, who used to run Bexley Kosher Pastry, I will have that in next week. Uh, someone made a mistake in not getting this in, but we will be in next week. Irv Zamas passed away, I think, uh, recently. Uh, William H. Rosen, age 95, July 16, 2022, 17 Tammuz, 5782. Shirley R. Marks, age 94, July 18, 2022, 20th Tammuz, 5782. Sylvan Sachs, age 99, July 18, 2022, 19 Tammuz, 5782. So this is, we'll, we'll have this straightened out next week because that is full of mistakes this week and that will not happen again. Anyway, back to school issues coming up on August 4th. Uh, deadline is July 29. Right, and on uh, the last page, uh, the Jewish Federation um, had their sustainers event on June 8th. So there's lots of pictures from that evening's events. Okay, you might want to go into a little bit more detail than just, you know, <laughs> one sentence, okay? All so. right. So the uh, so this year it was hosted by Gloria Lipson and Dr. Lewis Gottlieb and Wendy and Dr. Robert Pelberg, um, and the event was to honor those who uh, enable a vibrant future for Jewish Cincinnati through a legacy gift or twenty five or more years of giving to the annual campaign. And Whitney Owens was their guest speaker at the event. Um, and the, the bicentennial exhibit, the Our Shared Story, 200 Years of Jewish Cincinnati Tours as well. Okay. All right. Moving right along to Bad Joke of the Week. All right. Uh, bad Joke of the Week. Ready? Composer. Well, hello there. If it isn't my old friend, the poet, how's your literary career progressing? Poet, it couldn't be better. My poems are now read by twice as many people as when I first started. Composer, well, Mazel tov. I didn't know you got married. That was terrible. From the Encyclopedia of Jewish Humor from Biblical Times to the Modern Age, compiled and edited by Henry D. Spaulding. All right, so um, hopefully... We'll get a little bit more talkative as we go along instead of just reading the news. Um, and I need to fix this death notice page because that is a big mistake. But thank you for being with us, uh, Stephanie, and being our guest host today. 
And um, we look for you'll be here every third week of the month. If and, I'm permitted to come back. Yeah, that's true. You need to get a little bit more, you know, talkative, I think. Well, and, I don't want to run afoul of, of uh, the, no, the you, main host. Don't worry. You're not running afoul of the main host. You, just, you know, we want you to be an equal participant here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, would you like to say goodbye? Well, I appreciate everybody tuning in this week to the podcast. And uh, as always, make sure that you're checking out the full paper because we only give a little bit of taste. There's yeah. a lot more good content. Also, our opinions are just our opinions. They're not the opinions of the American Israelite. They're just our personal opinions, which, uh, you know, you can take for what you want. Don't send any any nasty letters to Ted about anything I okay. said. I'm, Quite all right. You can send them in. We my opinions mind. are my own. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week. Have a great week. Uh, Shavua Tov and uh, Shabbat Shalom. And we'll talk to you then.